0: We are back. My name is Jack and you're listening to Dev90X, day 71. Today it's uh, Saturday, well I was about to say Friday there, Saturday the 16th of October and I'm recording this episode in the morning, uh, which is a little bit unusual for me, especially considering how early it is because I haven't had any time to do any work. I've pretty much just finished my morning routine and I'm doing it this morning because I'm for the rest of the day, I am going to be out. I'm going to be going to a water park with a bunch of friends, and then I have a friend's birthday dinner. So I really won't have any, any time to get any work done today. However, I do have a little plan up my sleeve uh, to um, to get one one important thing started. So um, today's episode is about my current routine and resources recap. I, I, I realized that I, I only touch on these things e- in each episode. And I thought for the listeners of this podcast that one of the most valuable things is me sharing what I'm learning from and my tools and tactics and techniques and methods. Uh, so let's talk about that. So just to start off with my morning routine on average, it varies. Sometimes it's later, sometimes it's earlier. But on average, I wake up around 6 a.m. So sometimes I wake up like 5.30, sometimes around 6 or 7, even. Uh, It averages around 6. First thing I do, I get up and I'm trying to break this habit, but I make a warm beverage. It's uh, usually a coffee or a tea um, and depends on where I'm at with coffee. But it it tends towards the coffee side of things rather than the tea. I... Sit my beverage in bed, sat up quietly. And I first thing I do from this point is I study Indonesian on Duolingo. I am using Duolingo at the moment because it is fun and I'm trying to keep my streak and I'm trying to finish all the achievements and badges and it's just got me hooked. Um, Ideally, I would actually be reading a book in Indonesian because I know that's more effective. But I'm just trying to kind of finish Duolingo first to, to get that one done. And then I can move on to more advanced materials as my primary method. Um, but yeah, I study Indonesian, first thing, for about 30 minutes on average, maybe a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit shorter. And I do that because I live in Indonesia. And I don't learn Indonesian otherwise, as I live in a bit of a tourist bubble where all the locals speak English. so or Balinese and they very rarely actually speak Indonesian in this little area of Bali where I'm living. So I find that if, uh, if I ever want to learn Indonesian, I gotta, I've got to put the effort in every day I then go to the bathroom, do all that stuff. Um, and then I commence a breathwork practice, which is something that I've been doing for the last two weeks now. And I've done it in the past as well. I've had a pretty solid routine on breathwork, but, um, I've just restarted it again because I find that this is a base activity that you can do to increase your fitness and and a bunch of things actually. It it improves your mood, it improves your cardiovascular fitness, improves your lung capacity, improves your breathing throughout the day, Um, it gives you more energy, it wakes you up, it settles, it calms your mind, you feel grounded and centered and... Um, And it doesn't require any energy to recover from, whereas like a hard workout would typically, you know, you would have a bit of like a recovery period after that where maybe your energy is a bit low. Um, It's not like that. The breathwork practice that I do takes 27 minutes and it takes about maybe, I don't know, five minutes to recover from. Um, And then you get all the benefits for the rest of the day. So it is really one of those of those high leverage things in my opinion i also want to talk about that because you know if you're trying to improve your fitness on a number of different levels uh, let's say you want to really improve your you know vo2 max or your cardiovascular fitness or your you know red blood cell count or your plasma density or whatever Um, i do a lot of different things and uh, i don't do everything but i i try to do the best that i can do one of them is sauna. I go to the sauna almost every day, and there's so many benefits to th- for that. And they've got this really awesome study that they've done on Finnish people that spanned over 25 years, and they found that uh, basically the more you go to the sauna, the better it is for your health. And uh, and I do breath work. I could be running more, but I find that running is, or even just like intense cardio, is pretty hard on my knees. And I thought about that that if you're a big person and cardio is difficult for you breath work is such a low impact activity. It's like definitely a hack for people that would otherwise struggle with intense cardio because of joints, joint pain, damage to the body, whatever. Um, so yeah, I just really want to emphasize how much I think breath work is cool So do my breath work. Then I have usually have a second warm beverage, uh, dare I say that I have two (laughs) every day. And that's when iOS study time commences. So at the moment, I am starting with either the Stanford iOS course lectures on YouTube. I am up to lecture 10. I'm up to lecture 10. I'm halfway through it. There's 16 in total. It's on Swift UI for 2021. And there's, I think, three projects that you go through in total. The first one's like a match it card game where you the cards are like randomly shuffled on the screen and you're like, you, you press them and then they flip over and they've got an emoji on them. And then you got to like a mat, match it with a, another emoji on another card. It's like a memory game. The second one is this emoji. It's all to do with emojis. Emoji uh, drawing game on the iPad where you have a library of emojis. You put them on the canvas and you put a background image on the canvas and you can like resize the emojis and shuffle them around and stuff. Pretty simple, really simple. And I don't know what the third one is just yet. But uh, these lectures are really challenging and I'm not doing the coursework alongside it just yet. I'm just watching the lectures because that's what I set uh, for myself as a goal. But I do really try to understand and absorb all the content in the lectures. So um, at the moment, uh, a one and a half hour lecture is taking me more like two and a half to three hours because I pause to try and understand every bit of code on the screen. Sometimes I have to read it multiple times and sometimes I still just don't get it. So um, yeah, but a lot of things have been really clicking and I, this is definitely worth the effort putting it, putting in the effort in this way. Or so I do that, or I'm starting with Unwrap lessons. So the Unwrap app is made by Paul Hudson. It's an open source app completely dedicated to learning Swift and iOS development. And it's just one of those simple lesson apps. It's just got a whole bunch of lessons in a list, in a big list, organised by category. And in each lesson, there's a video explanation of a small aspect of the language, and also a written explanation with code examples, and then a quiz which takes you through uh, your understanding of that little lesson. There's eight quiz exercises per lesson, and they're not easy. They, they're, they're, Paul is trying to trip you up on like little things and so it's really comprehensive I actually love this app so much Um, and then once you finish the sequence then you get daily challenges which is sort of like your just daily habit of keeping up with the language I'm not up to that part yet as I am learning I am taking notes I started this note-taking habit with machine learning when I was learning that for six weeks and I found that just writing notes down really helps just just keeping a big list of random questions, random, you know, words that you don't even understand, like it might be just lingo of the of the domain that you're learning about. And the more you try to remember these these words and lingo, the easier it becomes to understand when people are talking about stuff or trying to explain something that you're learning about. Uh, because. Initially, when you're following along a tutorial or following a lecture or following an explanation or reading a guide, uh, you don't really understand much because there's so much language in there that just doesn't make sense to you. You know, they might be talking about parameters and you think you, you you don't know what a parameter is, but really, you know, you do, it's just like a variable essentially that lives within a, uh, an an object or within a class. And when somebody, when somebody says an object, uh, you're like, oh, well, what's an object? Well, it's, it's essentially just an instance of a class. It's like, oh, what's an instance? What's a class? So like initially you're like, you don't really know what these words mean. And so you have to study the words in the lingo themselves. You need to learn the definitions of things so that you understand the context of how they fit within the whole domain of language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so taking notes. I'd take notes. It's really helpful. And I look things up. I try to get definitions. I try to understand the differences between things. And there's just a lot of just a very lengthy process to that. That is where a flashcard method would come in, come in handy. Um, but I just don't know how to get started with that. Um, I'm not sure on, I don't know, I feel awkward for some reason about creating flashcards for myself. But I'm starting with the note-taking, which is sort of like a first step, I guess. So yeah, I Google random questions that come to mind. I YouTube random questions that come to mind. And I often get sidetracked by Googling things and YouTubing things. The YouTube algorithm sidetracks me with the recommended videos because they're usually really good and really on point. And, and then or I I get sidetracked with a question chain that goes deeper and deeper. So I try to understand one thing. And in trying to understand that thing, another thing pops up that it's like a prerequisite for understanding that thing. And so I'm like, ah, oh shit, now I look this thing up, try to understand it first so that I can understand that thing. So I can understand that thing. And that question chain or that like uh, learning chain can go pretty deep sometimes. And it can just take you on a complete like tangent, complete tangent. And th- these tangents happen a lot, but they get less frequent. As you learn more, um, but you do have to nip them in the butt. At a certain point, you have to go. All right, didn't get it this time. Back to the main thread. <laughs> uh, async await, yeah. So await understanding of that <laughs> later, and continue on. When I stop for lunch, I'm working from home at the moment, and I'm finding that that's I prefer this. It's more productive. Initially, it was hard. I, I had an addiction to going to cafes working from cafes because I also had an addiction to coffee and or matcha or tea or chai uh, and just the vibe just getting out you know getting dressed getting ready putting my face on <laughs> and I like that segmentation of like my room quiet peaceful place versus um, work zone however I found that all of the stuff to do with cafes is is a major distraction it's too many distractions and my focus is Honestly, better when I'm working from home. So I work from home at the moment, but when I do have to get out, go around town, I listen to podcasts. Don't listen to music at all, uh, which may come as a surprise to some people, uh, like like my life has no joy in it. No, I listen to music when I do my breath work in the morning. There's a really great play, playlist that uh, Dylan made for this, and um, I love it, so I get my music in. But around town, podcasts. Right now, it's under the radar. I've listened to 43 episodes or so, each one is about 30 minutes. So it's a good 21 hours of content. Um, and I just get little snippets here and there. My average bike trip, my average scooter trip is probably, probably only five minutes. Everything's so close here in changu that, you know, oftentimes I'm, I'm only going like two minutes around the corner to the next place. I go from here to the gym or from here to a cafe or from the gym to the spa, spa back to home. Like all of these trips are less than five minutes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not that great listening to podcasts. I just get bits and pieces rather than long chunks. And I, pr- I much prefer the long chunks where I can, I'm not being, not pausing the episode and then like forgetting what I'm not like following the thread properly of the conversation. But, It's still worth it for me. And, you know, I've slowly chipped away at 43 different episodes. So, yeah. And this this podcast is for me, it's the best. It's 30 minute time caps format, a time capped format. So every episode is only maximum 30 minutes. And that 30 minute constraint makes it more condensed and succinct about the subject that they're talking about. And I find that there's no waffle. There's no banter. It's just a good 30 minute conversation about a, a topic. Relating to indie app development for iOS, and um, yeah, this is—I've tried so many different podcasts, and this is the one that I've settled on. Uh, as with most most podcasts, there's more than enough content that you could ever finish listening to. But my goal is to listen to all 200 or so of the episodes of Under the Radar. And second to that, sometimes I run out of pre-downloaded episodes. And for some reason, I can't stream podcast episodes on my LTE connection here in Bali. So for some reason, I don't know why that is, but sometimes I finish a, an episode of Under the Radar and I'll have to default to another one. My second option is Swift by Sundell or Stacktrace. So one of those two. Those are longer episodes, but they're really high quality. The host, I forget his name, but he's great as well. For my one line of code, I'm using Swift playgrounds, and I'm mostly just testing language concepts at the moment, and mostly just concepts that come up from doing the unwrap lessons. So simple little things, you know. Like for example, I didn't know that you could store a range in a variable or in a constant. And a range is like one dot 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 five, and that's how you, and that's how you store the numbers one two three four five in in a variable, and then you can use the range for uh, a looping statement, so like for i in range or variable name, and that variable contains a range. I didn't know that you could do that. And so the little things like that, I I like to test in a Swift playground because testing it myself just really reinforces the concept. And I like to tweak it and play around with it. And funny enough, I often can't even replicate a simple thing because I get hit by errors and I'm like, ah, oh, I forgot forgot that, a little simple thing, and. The more I do that, the more I work through those errors, the better I get at the core concepts of the language. And so I think that is a good practice to do, to have so many little language quirks that just catch you out. <laughs> um, lately, I've often been having sessions with Harry uh, remotely and we're doing like a Google Meet and working through a mirror board. We're focusing on design aspects and community engagement strategies and just the whole like viability and verification of the concepts that we're planning to build. Don't want to build the wrong thing. And um, in the meantime, I am focused on study rather than building. I know at the moment it's not looking so great with launching the app by the end of 90 days. Um, But I. I have a long-term mindset with this and the 90 days was initially a time constraint to really get me going. <laughs> to really have a good crack at condensing a massive thing into a small timeframe. For me, the, massive, the massivity, if that's even a right, word, the massiveness of this endeavor is more to do with learning iOS development as a non-engineer, as a non-programmer from the beginning. And I didn't even start with iOS development until like day twenty. I I was honest. I was actually on web development because I thought I was going to build a demo using web technology. And I started doing that, so I even started learning JavaScript as the the very first thing that I was learning. I was learning JavaScript, and I was using uh, Visual Studio Code as my IDE. And I had to learn the whole IDE. I had to learn about libraries. I had to learn some command prompts for, you know. Um, using Yarn and NPM package manager and like how to import packages, how to make sure that de- the dependencies are all there. I learned so much about web development in just a short 15 or so days uh, and then I moved on to iOS for because that was the easier way to implement the machine learning aspects to get a proof of concept on that. And here we are we're, we're in iOS land now and that is not changing, I'm gonna to stick to iOS development and I would really love to become a professional at this. Rather than web development, I also love web development for its own kind of flexibility. I love the concept of being able to build an app and host it on a domain name and anyone can go to that app using just a browser like Safari or Chrome, which is on any device. So you can access that app on any device I love that concept of just build it once and it's available for everyone. But this particular app concept does not really work like that. Uh, it, it heavily, heavily depends on the camera user experience and the portability user experience of the smartphone, which means that uh, it basically needs to be a, a native app. And I chose Apple because Android is just a little bit less consistent with their hardware and software. and And supporting an Android app is, I think, this is just a guess, but I think it's harder to do in the long term for all the users over an iOS app. And also the target audience of doing handstands and and posting them to Instagram and, you know, being an influencer and all that stuff, they tend to have iOS devices over Android devices. So... All these reasons led me to iOS, and now I'm I'm really happy to be honest. I'm really happy to be going fully into iOS. After I finish the Stanford iOS course, uh, which should be in about a week or so, hopefully <laughs> less than that, I will move on to 100 days of hacking with Swift. I have two options here. I can go deeper into Swift UI, which with the very brand new course of 100 days of hacking with Swift Swift UI. Or I can do the old course, which uses UIKit. And I'm still torn between this as I could go either way. I could build the app using UIKit, which still gets a lot of support from Apple. They still roll out new features and it's not going anywhere for sure. It's not going anywhere. Or I could rebuild the demo, which is currently built in UIKit. To use SwiftUI and start with SwiftUI from scratch and just commit fully to SwiftUI and just, you know, suffer through any of the, any of the inconsistencies and any points where it's lacking over over UIKit, uh, but knowing that or or betting that it's going to get better in the future as that seems to be where the puck is going. So, or I could do a hybrid approach. I could I could use the the UI kit design pattern that's currently, that the app is currently built uh, with, that the demo is currently built in and I could layer on top Swift UI views and kind of transition to Swift UI, but still support UI kit, which would mean that I would need to learn both if it's just me as the sole developer. So there's, it's a monumental challenge for me to, to manage this just simple thing, this UI framework. Uh, but you know that's the challenge and it'll be interesting. I don't even know how I'm going to solve this yet So it'll be interesting to see where I go with it uh, That's about it. So in the afternoon, I I go to the gym at around 4 or 5 p.m I do a workout not every day, but I average three to four times a week then after that I go to the spa and I do 90 minutes of sauna and cold plunge and practice my handstands on the grass And then I have dinner, come home, and I go to bed. The spa makes me really tired. The sauna combined with the cold plunge makes me super tired. And so I usually fall asleep within, like, honestly, like within 10 minutes. And I'm always trying to squeeze a little bit of of work in that evening slot. Just a little bit more, you know, tutorial or a little bit more, you know, looking at the code base or a little bit more something to do with the project. But I just, lately, I've just been falling asleep so fast. So I, I get pretty much nothing done in that evening slot. And that is my current routine and resources recap. Uh, I have leaned it out a fair bit and I'm trying to stay focused on a sequence of resources that will push me and propel me forward rather than being all random and all over the place and trying to figure things out, map, map out the landscape. I am just, I've got, I've got my work set out for me. Jack's hack for today is honesty will set you free I was thinking about what to have as my hack for today and uh, I, I realized I never I never said this but this is one of my philosophies in life is that honesty pays long-term dividends so sometimes I and I I used to be known as like the honest guy actually, um, in my previous workplace when I was working in construction, it's funny enough, like a lot of things get hidden away. A lot of mistakes happen and, uh, you know, people break rules around construction sites and, you know, people cut corners and there's all kinds of gossip going on. And, um, (laughs) I, I had a, I was, I was like, I was very transparent and I became known for being the honest, transparent guy. And a lot of it's scary. It's scary to be be honest with people. It's scary to tell the truth sometimes. Actually, most of the time it's scary. And sometimes you actually don't stand to win anything by telling the truth. But I discovered that it pays long term dividends. It pays in the long term, to be honest and transparent. Uh, in, and in the short time, sometimes it hurts. <laughs> sometimes people get hurt. Uh, sometimes uh, you get hurt, actually. Um, but in the long term, I have found that it pays. And that's just one of those things that it, it's hard to say, but like, experiment with it. Try like three months of being honest and just see what happens over three months. Day to day, pay attention to what the effect of being honest is but um just yeah just see what happens over over a longer term i can, i can almost guarantee you that it will pay dividends it benefits in the long in the long term that's jack's hack for today day 71 saturday thanks for listening everyone i'll talk to you again tomorrow